2: now
4: Good evening, everyone. And as always, welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News Live. You know me, my name is Zach Payne, the corruption detector. I am pleased to welcome you here today. We have so many things to talk about. A lot of stuff happened over the weekend, and of course, yesterday I took the day off. Friday and Saturday, we had rescheduled interviews so we're going to go over everything that i missed that i neglected to talk about and of course the day's top stories uh good to hear you (laughs) amen and i guess sometimes i know that uh when i start speaking the stream has not fully made its way out there yet but i just do it just to do it so thank you very much This is definitely not medical or legal advice. Last Mimsy, you're actually the first Mimsy. Good to see out there. Knock my socks off. And, of course, all of the regulars over here on Rumble, Esther and PJ and Real Red Pill Fiance and Knock my socks off and Trisha and Kitsko, Mike Patriot, and, of course, how could I forget, Victor. So... RFK Jr. might not be our guy to win the White House, but he sure looks to me like the guy who's going to convince the left that the CIA needs to be broken and smashed into a million pieces. Step back, relax, grab your popcorn. We'll be right back after this. All right. Good afternoon. Thank you for being here and welcome. Ooh, I forgot to Turn on all of the swag on screen. Let me just get that taken care of. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, so somebody in the chat was just asking if I was going to talk at all about the ongoing, currently, uh, Carrie Lake trial in the Supreme Court about the signature verifications. Now, uh, there really hasn't been much that's been openly reported yet, and I haven't been able to watch because I was preparing for the show, and I know that my friends at Badlands Media uh, were going to be doing their own special presentation, but we can go over some of the basics of this uh, because I feel like this is a massive opportunity that not only Carrie Lake has, but we have, Because if we can take back Arizona, if we can prove the fraudulent activity that occurred during not only the 2022 midterm election, but also the 2020 general election, then we would be one step closer to ensuring that we have justice and truth prevailing in these United States of America. Now. Initially, Kerry Lake's lawsuit had been dismissed on Christmas Eve. Now, this was despite the fact that there was boatloads of evidence, just mountains of evidence showing that people had their votes disenfranchised, uh, their ballots weren't counted, signature matching wasn't done properly. Uh, we also had questions about RunBack election services and the handling of ballots. Obviously, Liz Harris showed the problems that existed in Maricopa County and in Arizona more broadly uh, with Ghost voters—people who were registered to vote at addresses that didn't have homes. There was no place for you to live, so how could you have thirty-some odd people registered to vote at a vacant dirt lot? uh, All of them voting Democrat. Now, that's uh, you know just a few of the reasons why we need to have a close, careful, and honest look. At elections, because Arizona is not the only place where we see this happening. So the trial that is actually happening right now was uh, it it was scheduled on appeal. So the appeal has to do with the verification of signatures specifically. Uh, I think that uh, when it comes to this particular subject, uh, the left, the powers that be, the power brokers. They want to completely dismiss anything related to election integrity or election security. So they will openly attack any aspect of it. But if you can simplify it, if we can break it down to one thing, just one thing, signature matching verification. If you can't match the signature, the ballot should not be counted. Now, most people adults their signature doesn't change wildly maybe there will be some variation in it but when you sign your name you can pretty much often look back at past signatures and say that's definitely my signature otherwise they wouldn't use the concept of signature verification as a security feature either on your your ballot on checks on legal documents and contracts, uh, notarizations. I mean, it, it, the the precedence for this has been set far and wide for many, many years. I mean, this goes back to the first guy who signed an X on a piece of parchment paper uh, agreeing to a trade of, of sheep and cows or something like that, whatever it might have been. So. In the case of Arizona, the Arizona Supreme Court ruled in favor of Kerry Lake because it was very clear that there were erroneously matched signatures that were allowed to go through in the 2022 midterm. And I think we can sufficiently and and, and, and uh, uh, <laughs> basically we can move it back also to the 2020 election. We can say that it happened in both 2020 and 2022. Now, Despite the evidence that was presented, despite getting their 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 asses handed to them in the first Cary Lake trial, Maricopa County continues to deny the fact that anything deliberately untoward happened. Now, they got caught. All right. And I think that if that would have been an honest judge, you know, sorry, judge, but this is my personal opinion. If that would have been an honest judge, then he would have seen the evidence that was presented and he would have said, okay, obviously, there's a problem here. We can cut this you know, off at the the fork, you know, just stop it from going any farther and we'll go ahead and get it taken care of. Now, the other day I showed you that video, uh, which uh, displayed a number of those unmatching signatures. So it was quite clear, I think, to any layman, if you and I were on a jury, we would say, hell yes, these are not the same signatures. So what this whole thing about today is the matching and inspecting of ballots in Maricopa County. Um, so they're claiming there is new evidence. Now, I don't know what that new evidence is because, as I said, hasn't been widely reported yet. And the, the case, the uh, the actual hearing is ongoing right now. Uh, so let's go ahead and just check in real quick. This is kind of meta for me to be looking at Badlands Media coverage. Um,
2: Even though this holster can carry a gun, it's not the best holster for you. In fact, I would argue that people who have holsters like this...
4: Oh, it looks like it's over. Well, okay, so... Uh, I, I guess I don't know what was, uh, what was discussed. I don't know what was discussed because they haven't written an article about it and I missed the actual coverage. So, uh, that is what it is. I guarantee you that if something comes through as we're on the air, uh, I will go into it in detail. We'll, we'll discuss it. Now, one thing I can tell you, this has definitely been announced. Uh, Title 42 is ending. Now, Title 42 is the Trump era policy that made sure that illegals coming into America would be held in Mexico as they awaited their trials, their hearings uh, for uh, entrance into the country if they were coming as a refugee or, you know, some other uh, protected status. Now, with Joe Biden and the current democratic regime ending Title 42, it's essentially open the floodgates for illegals in every corner of the world to huddle at our southern border and just get ready to pour across that line as soon as Title 42 ends, which yeah, I believe it's like at a, a, a very specified time, like midnight on the on the 13th or something. I don't know the exact date. But um, it, the Texas National Guard has responded uh, by getting their own Border Patrol and Enforcement Wing ready. So they've got Black Hawk helicopters. They've got C-130s. They're essentially preparing for an invasion at the border. Uh, And and I'm sorry, this is the Texas National Guard that is actually down there deployed. Brian is writing an article. Okay. Faith over fear. Thank you very much. Well, um, after we go through this, I'll go to Ash in America's profile. We'll take a look at it. All right. So Right now, the city of El Paso says that there are 15,000 people waiting to enter the United States the moment that Title 42 ends. El Paso was actually declared a state of emergency, and Governor Abbott has deployed some 10,000 National Guard troops at the border. They're saying that 13,000 illegals are entering the United States every day. Now... If Title 42 is in place and 13,000 illegals a day are currently streaming across that border, just imagine the influx that we're going to see as soon as it ends. Now, what's funny here is that I heard uh, a figure, I think it was from Don Jr., who said that some 9,000 illegals per day were streaming across the border. 13,000? I mean, that's almost like a 50% uh, uptick in the number of illegals that we're seeing come across. So take a look at this video. Uh, This is the view from illegal encampments waiting to stream across our southern border. Illegals from every corner of the world, not just Mexico, not just South America, not just Central America. We're talking Middle Eastern nations, we're talking Eastern European nations, we're talking uh, Asian nations. I mean, this is a boatload of people hundreds of thousands. I wonder, I mean, it could be close to a million. Who knows? There's really no way to quantify this. These people don't want to be counted necessarily. But look at that. That is not normal. If you ever thought that Mexico is a shithole country, man, that it is in another another league at this point. Okay, let's go take a look at Ash in Ooh, that's not it. Ash in America. There we go. Okay. So, she said, uh, did they get approval to see the envelopes? I missed that part. Then the judge going on about not introducing anything new. Does that mean they can't introduce anything new? Okay. Well, this is not the, uh, the tweet. Here we go. Hearing is getting underway. Um, I'm not seeing, uh, I'm not seeing like a play-by-play here. Uh, Judge says all motions are due tomorrow. Responses by Wednesday. Replies by Thursday. Oral arguments Friday. Then the trial is set for next Tuesday, the 16th. Maricopa and Team Hobbs objected, of course, as they would. Now, Carrie Lake's team requests a slight delay requiring more time in light of the Arizona Supreme Court ruling. Olson for Lake's team is filing a motion for reconsideration in light of new tabulator evidence. That could be the new evidence we're talking about. Also, we keep getting kicked off the feed. Hobbs's team says Wednesday, not Tuesday for trial. And the lawyer seems really triggered about new evidence being accepted. That's a good sign. He does not want the judge to accept new evidence. Every one of the defendant lawyers are wiggling and asking the court to look at the motion to dismiss first and not listen to anything else the plaintiffs have to say. Liddy says the plaintiffs have exhausted all their appellate resources and they don't get a motion to reconsider. Kurt Olson, lawyer for Lake, cites Rule 60, which allows them to bring the motion. Issues are of such an extensive nature that show Maricopa officials conducted secret testing. Most of the tabulators failed that test. But they were used anyways. This is an allegation of serious misconduct. Now, the judge is obligated to proceed according to that statute, and he wants all the motions. He set the dates today. That's the obligation. 510 motions, 511 responses, 512 replies, 513 oral arguments, 516 trial, and, of course, Katie Hobbs and her team are pushing for a five seventeen trial. If they want more time, I have to believe that's more time that they're going to try to uh, use to put together a, uh, a stop to make sure that Carrie Lake doesn't win. Uh, the attorneys for Maricopa object to what Olson said about their clients. The words that came out of his mouth about the McGregor Report and findings of conduct of and findings of misconduct are false. Uh the defense argues that election in Tempe on Tuesday may impact their ability to call needed witnesses, and the judge consents to Wednesday for the trial. So now the trial begins on the 17th at 9 a.m. Kerry Lake's team asks for two witnesses, two experts and two days. MC asks for one day. The judge is skeptical. Judge estimates three days for the trial. That's interesting. The judge wants three days. Kerry Lake wants two days. And, of course, Katie Hobbs, Maricopa County, only want one day. Uh Now, Maricopa County, the defense is not thrilled. They ask for a disclosure deadline of the new evidence. Ask to see the new evidence well in advance. They want to get their hands on this as soon as they possibly can. And then the judge and the lawyer, Olson, go back and forth on when the disclosure of new evidence needs to happen. Blem, uh, for for Carrie Lake, now talking about open records requests. <laughs> File a <of> FOIA. <laughs> Maricopa County, you can't just have it. Okay, all right. So it looks like they are going to get three days for the trial, 17th, 18th, and 19th. Uh, and apparently, uh, both Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs' sides were not happy about that. Uh, the judge is about to end the conference and the defense is not really having it. <laughs> Katie Hobbs wants to keep don- going, saying they need more time for a trial and disclosure of witnesses and experts. Then Blem reminded the court that during the original trial, the plaintiffs had no disclosure of defense witnesses. <laughs> Turnabout is fair play. Now, the judge seems to be frustrated at the statutory process. Election challenges have compressed timelines. It's unfortunate, but it's what it is. Asking both parties to consent to disclosure by Thursday, 5-11, and they both agreed. So, now, once more, the official timeline, 5-10 motions, 5-11 responses and disclosures, 5-12 replies, 5-13 oral arguments, 5-17, 18 and 19 all days of the trial. Uh, I have to say, I am uh, just tickled pink uh, to hear Katie Hobbs and her team in Maricopa County just wiggling in their seats, absolutely the most uncomfortable that they've ever been because they recognize that this trial has the potential to upset the winning votes in the 2022 election. Everybody knows that Kerry Lake won the election. The only reason Katie Hobbs is sitting in the governor's mansion and has been for the last several months is because they cheated. And they cheated with the help of Maricopa County officials. So if there's new evidence, then bring it forward. Let's see it. I cannot wait to watch this trial. Uh, I will definitely be joining Badlands Media for uh, commentary throughout the trial when it's live. So tune in for that. Hmm. Yes. I, Vector, we have been waiting for justice in Arizona since 2020. Hey, man, you know, uh, I, I've waited for a, a lot more important things in my own personal life for a lot longer than that. Uh, sometimes the timeline is not up to us. So uh, if this is what it took to clean up the Arizona elections, if this is the only way that it could go, you know, I don't know how much we can say about it. We just got to kind of roll with it. So here it is. Let's see what happens. We'll be following diligently. Now, uh, I'm sure you've heard that uh, Chuck, (laughs) excuse me, (laughs) um, James Comer and Chuck Grassley are going to be holding a press conference this Wednesday uh, in regards to Hunter Biden, the Biden crime family, and some new information that has been discovered. Let's go ahead and take a listen to this clip that my good friend, the storm has arrived at the storm redo, was able to get.
5: My message to the Department of Justice is very loud and clear. Do not indict Hunter Biden before Wednesday, when you have the opportunity to see the evidence that the House Oversight Committee will produce with respect to the web of LLCs, with respect to the number of adversarial countries that this family influence peddled in. This is not just about the president's son. This is about the entire Biden family, including the president of the United States. So we believe there are a whole lot of accounts that the IRS, and the DOJ don't know about because we don't believe they've done a whole lot of digging in this. And we have. Uh, we've spent the past hundred days pouring over bank documents. I've used subpoena power to get these bank documents. We've been meeting with uh, former associates of the Bidens in their different influence peddling schemes. We've been meeting with whistleblowers. We know exactly Uh, what this family was doing, and by all accounts from the the media reports that we're getting, what they're looking at charging Hunter Biden on is a a slap on the wrist. It's a drop in the bucket. So Wednesday will be a very big day uh, for the American people in getting the facts presented to them so that they can know the truth. And then the Department of Justice can finally do what they should have done years ago.
4: All right. We're going to leave it at that because uh, James Comer said everything that needs to be said. It is time to put up or shut up. General Flynn saying the same thing. If you don't have impeachment proceedings prepared for Biden this Wednesday, and that is part of what your plan on exposing, then you're telling us, the American people, what we already know. Talk is cheap, bring it, and we will stand behind the GOP to get this done. Here is the thing. I have said this before. I just do not see justice coming under the current criminal regime that we have sitting in Washington, D.C. The Justice Department is not going to bring charges against the president's son for no matter what he did. <clears throat> they have been covering up for the Biden regime for decades at this point, <clears throat> and I agree with General Flynn. If the president committed crimes, if he can be shown to be guilty, participating in influence peddling, that means money for policy. That means that the vice president of the United States at one time and the current president of the United States, if he can be shown to have engaged in illegal activity, that is an impeachable offense. I know maybe some people forget because they impeached Donald Trump for not committing any crimes at all. But the way it used to be done in this country is that this was a tool that could be used by Congress when the president of the United States acted improperly and acted against the best interests of our nation and in the best interest of himself and his family. <clears throat> That's exactly what we did. That's exactly how it was done. And now it's completely been destroyed. The legacy, the, the, the tools that they have at their disposal, they've done nothing with. So I'm glad they're doing subpoenas. I'm really glad they're doing this press conference. But James Comer and Chuck Grassley, let's see a little bit more bite To the information that you're going to be bringing, I think that we are all well aware of the crimes that have been committed by this administration, but there still remains a certain portion of the public who don't know about this. I have this friend, uh, you know, he's generally a Trump supporter. But he watches CNN still. He listens to MSDNC. He's constantly texting me, oh, you know, old Donnie, he's going to jail. They got him this time. And I'm like, you know, bro, you've been saying that for years. And every single time I showed you proof positive that it was propaganda, you're being lied to. And there are so many other Americans out there who are still being lied to. Now, granted, even if they impeach Joe Biden, even if the Department of Justice brings charges against. Hunter Biden, there's still going to be a contingent of Americans who just simply do not believe it because they've been so thoroughly brainwashed throughout the entirety of their lives. But we have to remember that there will undoubtedly be people who are not going to wake up until the moment they understand exactly how corrupt this administration is. So, Let's see what happens. Once again, we gotta wait and see what happens. This is one of those hurry up and wait situations. And now, uh, somebody in the chat said that uh, Comer was going to get Clinton, and I think that meant Arkansas. It's interesting that you bring that up because there have been uh, a number of instances of people who were planning to take down powerful people like the Clintons. And before they could have the opportunity to do that, they found themselves on the wrong end of uh, of a blade or a car or a rope. Uh, think about that guy down in Arkansas who hung himself and blew his chest off. Uh, totally uh, ridiculous. Not something that a normal person would do. Well, you might remember Tara Reid. Tara Reid is the woman who alleges she was raped by Joe Biden. Now, I guess she's got a book coming out, and she said, I want to make something clear. If something happens to me, all roads lead to Joe Biden. Joe Biden and the DNC political machine threats, bullying, and intimidation over the last three years will not work. I am not suicidal. I should not be under investigation, nor am I a foreign agent. I am a private citizen. I was a former staffer of Joe Biden's that has chosen to step forward to tell the truth. The tactics using intimidation and bullying to silence me and suppress me using DOJ and FBI and social media will not work. Leave me alone. I will testify under oath in Congress if asked to do so and tell what happened and what I know. The Biden corruption must end, period. Thank you, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, for inviting me to testify and carrying about the truth. Now, Tara Reid testifying in an open hearing, uh, that would be a revelation. OK, I, I, I urge her, please, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, make this happen. Let's get Tara Reid out there. Let's give her the attention she deserves. Marjorie, excuse me, Tara Reid testifying at a Joe Biden impeachment hearing. Can you imagine if they impeach Joe Biden for the uh, allegations of rape made by a former staffer? I mean, uh, smaller things have wrecked greater men than Joe Biden. Um but I think that Tara Reid has a real fear for her life here as she should. Because Joe Biden, even though he is a moron, even though he is a dementia patient, he still has the title of president of the United States of America. And as a result, the deep state criminal apparatus that has protected those before him, like Hillary Clinton, like Bill Clinton, like Barack Obama, uh, and the list goes on and on. That same Democrat criminal apparatus uh, would be interested in making sure Tara Reid stops drawing breath. So keep an eye on Tara Reid. uh, And I think that uh, it's definitely something that we should be considering. Now, I also wanted to remind you in conjunction with this about the disappearance of Dr. Gal Luft. This is that Israeli professor who several months ago came forward and said that he had evidence that he was willing to give to show that Joe Biden was a criminal, that he was running a criminal enterprise. Now, it says in this article since January 2021, but I don't remember him being reported on that long ago. I remember uh, of January of this year. But who is this guy? Well, he he's a professor. He is an, uh, uh, an Israeli-American dual citizen. He's an expert in energy and security. Uh, and uh, according to him, he's also part of the Institute for Analysis of Global Security. Now, what's notable about him is that he was arrested in cyprus he was arrested by order of the biden regime uh, they claimed that he was a gun runner a, a an arms dealer and that he had been selling weapons uh to uh to china and i think maybe to turkey or something like that now he was uh he was supposed to be uh, extradited um but he got bail in cyprus and he vanished he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Now, if I was Gal Luft and I was looking at potentially being extradited as a political prisoner to the United States at the behest of the same man that I had just recently said, I have evidence showing that this guy is a criminal and needs to be removed from office, I might do it, too. I might actually just disappear. But there's also a distinct possibility that Joe Biden and that deep state criminal apparatus made Gal Luft disappear, made him completely vanish. Now, on March 28th, uh, it was shown that uh, a warrant was issued because he had failed to attend a, uh, a meeting at a police station um, And uh, he denied on his public Twitter profile that he was an arms dealer. He said the accusations were all part of a false plot that was made up by the United States government and that he was the target of criticism uh, because of his detailing of evidence that he had against the current regime in Washington. Um, Now, uh, apparently, uh, as a result of this, he has just decided to uh, to take a, a, a complete leave of absence. Now, is it possible the Galuff may pop up later on down the line? Maybe you know, giving evidence in secret or something like that. Uh, I think it's more likely that this man is never going to be seen again. Um, there, this would have to be a complicated uh, intel operation to withdraw this guy from whatever rat hole he's living in. Um, and uh, get him to safety here in the United States. And as long as we have an intelligence community that is uh, controlled by the same deep state criminal apparatus that likely might have made this guy disappear, uh, again, I think it is uh, very unlikely that we're going to see this man again. Um, At the time he put that tweet out, I, I reported on it here, but He said, I was detained in Cyprus following the United States politically motivated extradition request. The U.S. is accusing me of being an arms dealer. If it weren't so tragic, it would be comical. I've never been a dealer in weapons. The DOJ is attempting to bury me to defend Joe, Jim and Hunter Biden. Should I mention names? Well, it sounds like you just did, Gal. Now, apparently Gal had been in some type of business arrangement with the Bidens. And as we've seen, when you have that close association with the Bidens, it can sometimes be bad for your health in the exact same way that it's bad for your health if, if you're connected to the Clintons. Now, um We have yet another person who is now stepping forward. This man uh, is a former prosecutor. Uh, He brought allegations of bribery that the Bidens were involved in, uh, along with foreign nationals. He brought it to the Justice Department back in 2018, before the 2020 election. This is the same time that the FBI was already aware of other criminal allegations being made against Joe Biden. This is at the same time that they were looking into actively the bogus Trump-Russia collusion story. And what did they do? They buried it in the same way that they've buried these things over and over and over again. Now, it gets worse than that, though. So let's go ahead and take a look. Pardon me. Uh, So this was uh, revealed by the New York Post on Sunday. And uh, I have an interesting connection to this story that we're going to talk about in just a moment. But it, it was revealed in that story that there were explosive bribery allegations between Joe Biden and foreign nationals. The Justice Department knew of it back in 2018, two years before similar allegations were made against Joe Biden by another whistleblower, the same one that's now talking to the House Oversight Committee, the same one that may have evidence that is going to be presented on Wednesday. So. Why is this interesting? Well, Bud Cummins, the man who made these allegations back in 2018, he was a former federal prosecutor. He reported the bribery allegations involving Joe Biden and these unnamed foreign nationals to who was at that time the New York U.S. attorney, Jeff Berman, back on October 4th of 2018. Now, Cummins, in an email to Berman, claimed that he had evidence that Joe Biden had exercised influence to protect his son's Ukrainian employer, Burisma, in exchange for payments to Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, and Joe Biden. Man, this sounds really, really familiar. How many times have we looked at these stories and said, why doesn't somebody else come forward? (laughs) The thing is, people have been coming forward to rat on the Bidens for years, and either they disappear, uh, they are arrested and charged, or maybe they just uh, get paid off and they ride off into the sunset. Now, in this email, Bud reveals that Ukraine's then-prosecutor general, Yuri Lutsenko, wanted to travel to the United States to meet with Berman, uh, Berman, of course, being that New York U.S. attorney. Now, once he got there, he could provide and produce two witnesses to back up the claims being made by Bud Cummins, the former federal prosecutor, uh, to the current U.S. attorney in New York. Now, on December 9th of 2019—I'm sorry— Berman, the U.S. attorney for New York, completely ignored the email. This is in a report from the Daily Mail. Then the corrupt DOJ retaliated against Bud Cummins and others in a a pretty sinister way. So about a year later, December 9th, 2019, federal prosecutors seized data from Cummins' iPhone with a grand jury subpoena they gave to Apple. Now, the New York Post has noted that this happened right in the middle of President Trump's first impeachment trial. So the irony never stops for these people. Now, Cummins uh, received notice late last year, three years after the federal authorities first seized his data. Uh, This is something that happens uh, quite often. Uh, I believe it was done under a national security letter. They don't have to tell you right away, uh, but they can send a subpoena to, say, Facebook or Apple or... Or Twitter, and they get access to all your private messages, and they can do that on an ongoing basis. And they're just listening and watching and reading everything you say. Now, Cummins told Just the News that he was befuddled as to why the DOJ refused to follow up with him and instead targeted him because that doesn't make any sense. When you're a former federal prosecutor such as Bud Cummins, you believe the system isn't rigged. You believe that the system is blind, that justice is in even hand. It doesn't go one way or the other. It only stays equal until somebody's scale tips in the guilty direction. Uh, Unfortunately, Mr. Cummins learned the hard way that that's not the type of system we have here in the United States. We are a criminal conspiracy that is being run, once again, by a deep state criminal left-wing apparatus. Now, to me, it makes perfect sense. And I think to a lot of people here, it makes absolutely perfect sense. Uh, Cummins, Speaking to just the news said, I can't really imagine a legitimate reason for the DOJ not to follow up and instead target me. I felt like I was stonewalled. It doesn't make much sense to investigate the guy who brings you the allegation rather than the allegation. Well, it does. If you're reporting a crime to a participant in that criminal conspiracy, it does. If you're reporting the crime to an agency that would stop it, nothing to stop someone like you from bringing forward the truth, something that could damage Joe Biden so thoroughly that people couldn't possibly believe that he could be elected president. It's not bad enough that he's a dementia patient. It's not bad enough that he can't string two words together in a sentence. It's not bad enough that he gets his sister and his wife mixed up. If he was shown to be engaging in bribery, quid pro quo, pay-to-play schemes, it would become even more Obvious. This is so sinister. Well, Bud Cummins, uh, he got a a rude awakening. Um, And so, uh, as we've seen on so many other things in the past, if you have the gall to bring forward evidence suggesting that the Biden regime is a criminal network or empire, then you can bet you're probably going to get investigated yourself. However, I applaud Bud Cummins. I'm going to see if I can get him on the show for an interview. Do me a favor, guys. We've got to take a break for the second half of the show. We're going to be right back after this. All right. So just a comment I saw over there on the foxhole. Thumper Rose, you're absolutely right. Uh, Thumper read that uh, the Obama administration had blocked the visas of several Ukrainian prosecutors that wanted to come to the USA to testify About the criminal activity of the Biden family. Yes, that actually happened. That definitely, definitely happened. All right. So now that leads us to the head of the snake, that criminal conspiracy that currently sits in power in Washington, D.C. I've said on many occasions, I think it all began 60 years ago in earnest because the CIA was started right after World War II. As soon as the CIA came into being, they went about perverting the oath, perverting the agency, and uh, perverting the ideals of the United States of America. Now, I said in the introduction, RFK might not be our guy. Some people think he is. You know, I, I personally, I think that he has a role to play outside of the White House. That's what I would prefer to see. Maybe he can be president later, at a later date but i think that any perceived uh i guess uh, uh, intention between president trump and robert f kennedy uh it's not real okay it, this is a uh, a play it's it's a it's a movie that you have to watch <laughs> because rfk is already under attack for his views and his stance on vaccines and personal choice in your medical decisions they already hate him for that They already uh, uh, they they say a lot of nasty stuff about him. But if he came out and was, uh, you know, pleasant about Donald Trump, I mean, how would that really play in the media? I mean, it'd just be another thing for them to attack him on right now. He has to be a viable alternative to Joe Biden and uh, people who are kind and uh, show adulation for Donald Trump do not end up as possible replacements for Joe Biden. We showed over the weekend, uh, well, I mean, it was maybe a week ago when President Trump said to General Flynn at that rally, hey, you know, get ready, <laughs> basically telling him that he's going to be his VP. Uh, my guest over the weekend on Saturday confirmed that's probably likely going to happen. I-, I think that's a match made in heaven. That's exactly what we need, because we need an administration that's going to go hard, an administration that will break up the CIA into a million pieces, an administration that understands that the head of the snake is the CIA. After the creation of the CIA, they plotted and schemed for nearly two decades before they murdered the president of the United States of America. And then they murdered his brother. And then they murdered two civil rights leaders. It's like they had to do it in pairs or something like that. JFK and RFK. MLK and uh, Malcolm X. I don't know what it is with the initials, but that's the kind of thing they like. Anyways, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He has been deeply involved in the investigation into determining who murdered his father, who murdered his uncle. I wonder if he's looked into who murdered his cousin, John John. Well, he was recently on a podcast uh, called The All-In Podcast. I'm not familiar with it, um, but he revealed in this interview that he believes the CIA was involved in the assassination of his uncle, President John F. Kennedy. That's something that we already knew, right? I mean, no big surprise. Uh, no surprise for me. Certainly, I would imagine no surprise for you guys, but there are people out there who may be surprised to hear that, who might think, wow. Wow. My gosh, I thought that was just something that crazy conspiracy theorists thought. But if RFK Jr., the nephew of John F. Kennedy, the son of Robert F. Kennedy, if he believes the CIA murdered his family, well, maybe it's something I could actually get on board with. Maybe I need to take a look. Maybe there's a reason JFK suggested he was going to break the CIA into a million pieces. And he said, They were definitely involved when answering the question, do you think the CIA was involved in the murder and the 60 year cover up? They're still not releasing, you know, the papers that they legally have to release. This is something we've talked about on numerous occasions. He also shared that when Robert F. Kennedy Sr., his father, who was JFK's attorney general, the very first reaction to his brother's assassination was the CIA did it. RFK knew at the time it was the CIA. He revealed that his father called the CIA shortly after JFK was assassinated and asked, did your people do this? Uh, so I, I think that this is an excellent red pill for people. Now, since making that statement on that podcast, RFK continues to talk about the fact that the CIA was involved in the deaths of his father and his uncle. Uh, we have a clip here, and it looks like, no, it's, uh, uh, actually, it's just, yeah, it, it's a full interview, but here, let's uh, let's listen to this segment right here. To Ralph Barak from the federal government, taxpayer money, to not only
6: develop a technique that is clearly about weapons development, stealth weapons development, but also to teach that to, you know, our principal global adversary.
4: Not only that, but he's talking about COVID-19 as a bioweapon. I love it.
5: Really incredible. Um, You put out a tweet a couple days ago, Robert, and this was about um, in 1960,
4: uh, the Soviet Union accused the United States of running an aerial spying program over its territory. Uh, Our government denied it at the time. Uh, And then, unfortunately, uh, we had two pilots captured um, and Americans were genuinely shocked about uh, the government lying to to the American public about this. Uh, We're seeing that. Imagine being shocked about the government lying to you. I can understand it, Uh, you know, 60 some odd years ago. Um, But in today's world, if you don't assume the government is lying to you, then I don't know what we can do for you. It seems like more and more, I, and this is what your tweet goes on to say, and um, and you you added there can be no true democracy when government manipulates the people with spin, hype, propaganda, phony leaks, and outright lies. You want to add on to that or elaborate? Well, yeah,
6: but that you know it was an interesting historical event because, and I remember it as a kid. I remember when it was happening. But Gary Francis Powers, who was the YouTube pilot, um, was shot down over. Um, over Russia, where he was spying. And we had denied that we were spying. But these, the, you know, the U-2 was flying at over 60,000, I think maybe even 100,000 feet, and nobody could see it. And, it, and they thought it could not be shot down. And the Russians um, shot it down. And But uh, Gary Francis Powers, who was the pilot, had a kit. Uh, that he was supposed to take, uh, I think it was, uh, anyway, he, it was poison. And he was supposed to, it was a, in a coin with a little uh, needle on it that he was supposed to prick himself and it would kill him instantly. And he was under orders to do that, and he just didn't do it. Hmm. And so he parachuted instead. And, uh, and the Russians captured him, but they didn't immediately say they had captured him so they just accused the united states of of having a u2 that had crashed in russia and the eisenhower administration on the advice of alan dulles denied it and then they produced gary francis powers and it was an embarrassment to russia and it broke up a, a a um A summit that was about to happen, a peace summit between the Soviet Union and the United States at Geneva that was, you know, supposed to be that was
4: supposed was scheduled. All right. this video goes on for another 40 minutes. I cannot continue if he's not going to get immediately into the subject matter of this. Um, But I think that the implication is clear. I think that the uh, possibilities that this opens up for people to wake up and recognize the lies they've been told and the way our government has manipulated us and manipulated history. It's very powerful. Now, Spike says, can you actually have a Democrat VP with a Republican president? Yes, you can. It's actually been done before. There have been split ticket uh, uh, administrations uh, in the United States. has been done for many, many years. Hasn't been done for decades, you know, maybe hundreds of years. I actually don't know the last time it happened off the top of my head, but I remember learning about it when I was younger. Um, so, yes, it could happen. But let me be clear. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., isn't he a lawyer? Couldn't he be the attorney general? I think that would work, you know. I would like to see a, a, a Trump Flynn ticket because we need somebody who is based who's going to take out take out the deep state criminal apparatus that's running Washington DC. Get rid of them. Break them into a million pieces. That's what we need. And what does Flynn do? What does he know? He knows where the bodies are buried. Let's get those bodies dug up. Now, I think I'm not the only person who's considered this as a possibility. I think that everybody here has wondered, you know, how are they going to try to stop Trump? Well, journalist Julie Kelly believes that the DOJ is going to indict President Trump, and they may put him in prison until his trial. Let me just say this. If they actually indict and jail Donald Trump, I don't know that we can stop uh, a popular uprising from happening. I'm not suggesting that, that should take place, but I think that enough people would be so enraged and angry that they would act out of emotion. Now, let's just assume that they do this and President Trump is allowed to stand trial, or we're told he's going to stand trial. If they arrest him under some false pretense... That is only going to be good for his public image. Uh, It's only going to be good for the argument that he is being persecuted because he is a political opposition to the current regime. We have to allow that to play out. Uh, It's a very scary proposition. I think that it gives people just immediate anxiety you know, God, you know, because the the truth is, if they arrest Donald Trump and put him in prison with no justification, justice is dead in America. Okay. F- pure and simple. And in order to roll that back and undo that, it's gonna take a tremendous amount of effort. And we don't know where that effort's gonna come from. But I don't think that it should come from us doing something crazy. Um, let's go ahead and take a look at this quote from Jesse Kelly. So uh, Jesse is the interviewer. She says, Julie, give it to us right between the eyes. They wouldn't actually put Donald Trump in prison, right? A former president. You think they'll go that far, right? And I, you know, to be honest, this is not something that I thought ever would have happened, but I find it more likely by the day. She said, I absolutely do. And I'll go even deeper between the eyes, Jesse. When he is indicted for if he's indicted of suspicious conspiracy, which I think the chances of that just increased tremendously. Today, I can see Jack Smith seeking pretrial detention for Donald Trump, which is exactly what they've done in every defendant who's been charged with seditious conspiracy. So now they have a precedent. These courts to sign off on a pretrial detention orders, meaning denied bail. You will be held in prison until your trial commences. Now, Why is this particularly frightening? Well, we just had the Proud Boys trial where those gentlemen were all charged and found guilty of seditious conspiracy. There are certain men in that group who are looking at more than a decade in prison. This is more than you would get oftentimes uh, for ending someone's life. These guys were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. That doesn't mean in my book that they should be locked away uh, forever. But as we know, they want to send a message. Now, it's particularly relevant in light of yet another leak coming out of the Jack Smith uh, special prosecutor investigation. Now, I will be the first to tell you, I don't know Jack Smith I don't know where his loyalties lie specifically. I think that that is still up for debate. I know some of you believe 100% that either Jack Smith is a good guy or Jack Smith is a bad guy. This will all be revealed. And so I'm not as concerned about trying to determine because if Jack Smith is a good guy, and uh, through his efforts, we end up seeing elements of the current regime brought down. You know, that's great. That's awesome. OK, but if Jack Smith is a bad guy and he works to try to take down Donald Trump, at the end of the day, I think that will not succeed. I think that it will still be good for us to take down the deep state now. Over the weekend, President Trump had a couple of choice words, uh, and that was in regards to this leak from the Wall Street Journal. Let's pull that up. What the heck? Um, Here we go. So this uh, says that they are zooming in on charges for President Trump. Uh, And it looks like it is specifically... in.
2: Order now
1: fighterflare.com
4: In regards to his documents, but maybe they're going to charge him with a seditious conspiracy, which is what they got the Proud Boys on, even though that was totally unjustified. Um, so we know that recently Mike Pence has uh, just testified before this grand jury. He was subpoenaed. They offered his testimony. And apparently Jack Smith sat in on that. And so uh, there is a speculation that Jack Smith is the one who's leaking uh, to The Wall Street Journal and to others. Um, President Trump said this on Truth Social. The special prosecutor is harassing and threatening my people over the document hoax, while nothing is being done with respect to crooked Joe Biden's many more times documents, especially those stored in. Where did it go? Especially those stored probably in his garage or his own personal library. The leaking coming out of the special prosecutor's office and DOJ is unparalleled and illegal. He's right. They are leaking everything with absolutely no shame or guardrails. These people are thugs and criminals who allow Antifa and BLM to thrive and flourish, but who use full Gestapo force to shut down opposition and interfere in our elections, which is what this bullshit is all about. That's all it is. Uh, They are attempting to railroad Donald Trump out of the presidential race. They are attempting to stop him from being able to come back and help save America. Donald Trump returning to the White House is exactly what all of us want, and it's the one thing that these people don't want. And I'm just wondering, is this a safe right here? Is that like the classiest safe you've uh, you've ever seen? Look at those handles. You know, that that sure looks like those are handles right there, and uh, you would uh, engage them in order to open up that safe. Okay, some did stuff, Jason of TGA yeah, what stuff? Uh did they engage in seditious conspiracy to overthrow the government of the United States? No. They didn't. Okay? Did some of them behave in a manner unbefitting their station? Did some of them do things that definitely many of us didn't do? Obviously. Okay? There were people who behaved badly who got caught up in the moment, but were they trying to overthrow the republic of the United States? The answer to that is absolutely not. So I don't care what they did. The punishment does not befit the crime. That's my point at the end of the day. All right, so continuing here. This was a a story I reported on several months ago. Um, There was a, 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 a... a private bank that was out in Los Angeles and they gained the attention of the FBI and the DOJ, uh, because it was alleged that they had been keeping money at this, uh, safe deposit station, uh, for members of the cartel and, uh, and the criminal, uh, elements of, uh, various LA underground, uh, criminal activities, I guess. So some of the safe deposit boxes, uh, were engaged in illegal activity. Yes, there there were some money laundering that was going on there. But just because there was some money laundering going on doesn't mean that everyone that had a, a safe deposit box there was also involved in money laundering. Now, the FBI used the uh, civil asset <laughs> civil asset forfeiture laws to take all of the money from all of the boxes, regardless of who actually had a box there. And that included, of course, some drug dealers. Uh, There was also, uh, I think at the end of the day, $86 million in cash that the FBI was able to take. Now... If there was a local police agency that was involved, they would have gotten a cut of that as well. But I'm pretty sure the federal government just got to steal $86 million. We all know the real reason why they wanted to go after this bank. It's not because they were laundering money at the end of the day. It's because they were not paying their cut. To Uncle Sam. So the people who owned the safe deposit place, uh, they were able to accept a plea bargain. They didn't even get charged with any crimes. They just handed over the $86 million from all of those boxes, regardless of who actually owned the money, and they got off scot free. Now, some of those boxes being illegal, again, does not mean that all of them were illegal. Uh, there were definitely ordinary people there. Some people, like I'm about to tell you about, Linda Martin and Reggie Wilder. This is a married couple uh, who say they did nothing wrong. They thought this was a... a- a legitimate business where they could store their money safely uh, because they were saving money to purchase a home. They had their life savings in there, $40,200. They were received, they received a notice uh, that their money had been taken, but they never got an explanation, uh, or they never received any word on why the money was never returned to them. Now, that was two years ago. Uh, the FBI seized this back in March of 2021, and there is an ongoing legal case going against the FBI. There's actually already been one case that went to trial and was knocked out. Well, I I guess they didn't go to trial. The judge uh, dismissed it before they got there. And I believe it was on some sort of technicality. But this case is being brought by the Institute for Justice. The Institute for Justice is a great organization. Uh, They are somebody who I follow quite often because they will go to bat for average everyday citizens who quite often have their life savings or large sums of money stolen under the civil asset forfeiture law. If you are driving through Through town, and you've committed no crimes, but the police pull you over. And let's say you have $10,000 because you don't like to go to the bank, and you've been saving that money, and you're going to drive to Texas where your daughter's in college, and you're going to pay her tuition with that $10,000. If the police pull you over and they suspect or state that they suspect that this money is the result of ill-gotten gains, even though there's nothing illegal about carrying cash, uh, they will take the money. And then you have to prove to them that that money wasn't illegal. So isn't that crazy? You got to prove a negative. This is money that you've received. But you can't show because it's cash and there's no paper trail. This is just all the money you've saved. Well, the Institute for Justice is is going to bat for not only this married couple but others at the um, at the the former safe deposit place. Civil asset forfeiture is such a racket. The cops will take people's cars. They will take their homes. They will take every single piece of of value that they have in their lives regardless of whether or not they've broken any laws if they want to destroy you this is really quite often the way that they can do it um and of course they get to keep the money they get to use it for whatever that goes into the budget i think most people would agree uh that the government stealing the life savings of average everyday americans is just something that should not be happening Um, and I would love to see this law changed. This is something that I actually wanted to, I wanted to bring this up with Jr. Once he was, um, once he was elected. Uh, now, if anybody else that I know goes to Congress, this is something that I believe should be addressed. Um, I, I just I, I can't believe that this is one of those things that happens in today's world. It's uh, it's de- it's depressing. It's really really depressing. Uh, but I, my heart goes out to these people, and I hope that they uh, get their money back. Now, uh, we spoke last week about the possible, uh, the upcoming trial of Kim Fox, the now former uh, Cook County, excuse me, the now former prosecutor for St. Louis, uh, circuit circuit attorney for St. Louis. Um, She was going to go to trial, and as a result, she turned in her resignation letter. Now, Kim Fox, who was, of course, funded by George Soros, and famously refused to accept cases from certain law enforcement officers. Uh, she would quite often just not assign people to cases. The case would fall apart, and then the criminals would be back on the street. And you know, it's a never-ending vicious cycle. Well, <clears throat> the um, the same thing is true of, uh, of of Kim Fox in Cook County. Um, Cook County is in Chicago. She was the prosecutor who oversaw the, uh, the, the the what was his name? <laughs> the, the guy from Empire. Uh, this is MAGA country. Oh, Jesse. Is that it? Jesse? I can't remember his last name. See, he is so unmemorable. There's uh, a, <laughs> ain't you that Empire? <laughs> I remember all of the lines from the event, but I don't remember his name. Well, um... In the same way that uh, Kim Gardner was bad for St. Louis, Kim Fox has been bad. Juicy Smollet, thank you so much, Juicy Smolet. Kim Fox has been bad for the people of Illinois. Um now in her first three years uh of being in office, she dismissed over twenty-five thousand felony cases, all from the Chicago area. Sounds to me like she is protecting gang members. Uh she also has announced that she will not be seeking reelection in twenty twenty four. I think she tends to see uh, the uh, uh the the writing on the wall in this case, and so she is not going to be going out there. Uh yes, Super Conbro says good riddance in my opinion. It is certainly good riddance. Ooh, privileged white says I'm in Crook County right now. Well, good luck for you that Kim Fox is no longer going to be in office here very very soon. So, um uh now the uh the state's attorney Jason Poge resigned after 20 years of serving the residents of Cook County uh, under Kim Kim Fox. And uh, he wrote a letter to Kim Fox that apparently is uh, rather scathing. He said, "...after 20 years, I always kind of figured an email like this would start with, it is with a heavy heart that I leave. The truth is, I can't get out of here fast enough. Let me start with the positive." There's not a single day that's gone by that I have not felt truly honored to work with such an incredible group of people who spend every waking hour on behalf of victims. This opportunity has been a gift for which I have no words to explain the extent of my gratitude. My partners... Our victim witness advocates, our investigators, our support staff, the police officers, detectives. Time after time, I see each of you putting everything you have into helping people we encounter on the worst days of their lives. So often I see our personal lives and indeed at times our own well-being set aside just to do a little bit more on that last case for the last victim. It's been nothing short of inspiring, not as a lawyer, but as a person. And yet I'm leaving. Why could that be? Well, the simple fact is this state and county have set themselves on a course for disaster. And the worst part is that the agency for whom I work has backed literally every policy change that has the predictable and predicted outcome of more crime and more people getting hurt. Bond reform designed to make sure no one stays in jail while their cases are pending with no safety net to handle more criminals on the streets, shorter parole periods, lower sentences for repeat offenders, the malicious and unnecessary prosecution of law enforcement officers, the overuse of diversion programs, intentionally not pursuing prosecutions for crimes lawfully on the books after being passed by our legislature and signed by a governor. All of the so-called reforms have had a direct negative impact with consequences that will last a generation. Wise words, and I'm so happy to hear somebody standing up. You know, there were a lot of resignations out of St. Louis as well. A lot of those attorneys just, boom, tail, they left. They said, you know what, this is a sinking ship. Kim, Kim, uh, Kim Fox or Kim Gardner has uh, essentially set the city on fire. We don't want anything to do with it. And and, and they said nothing. They said nothing. And now I would really like to talk to those people. I would love to have the opportunity to interview them uh, and to see how things were from their perspective. But that guy's notable because he was there before Kim Fox came along. OK, he watched the, the, the descent into uh, the abyss of the hellscape that was created by the George Soros Prosecutor Army. It's disgusting. And he's right. This will last a generation. We have to undo every negative thing these people have set upon our nation. It is no small undertaking, guys, and it's going to take a long time. We need to be committed for the long haul. We've had easy lives, even if they were hard, relatively easy lives. We have lived our lives in the best nation on planet Earth. Lisa, will you come get Smokey? She's trying to leave. <laughs> We've lived in the best nation on earth, and it's only relatively recently that they've really turned up the heat to try to destroy it, okay? So I don't care how long it takes. This nation is worth it to me. My country, my land, my family, my friends, you guys are all worth it. I don't care how long it takes. I'm in it for the long haul. All right, so, honey, thank you, thank you. So one of the heartbreaking things that we've had happen in the last couple of years, since the advent of these mRNA clot shots, the unexpected deaths. Uh, it is the uh, the children dying. Uh, your parents being murdered. Rapid onset cases of cancer. Well, we have another one. Uh, a 16-year-old boy, uh, he was found dead in his room on Tuesday morning. This happened in uh, Alexandria. Alexandria which probably is Virginia, considering uh, it's, uh, it's a fairly large area. Um, it, it doesn't sound like he was sick. It doesn't sound like there was any type of um, warnings about what happened. They have no clue, the parents. They don't know why. Um, they did speak to NBC News, kind of interesting. NBC even put it on the air. I don't understand what happened to my son because he had a life with many plans for him i don't even know what to say because he was a very obedient child his name was where is it jonathan jonathan vasquez i'm sorry uh his dad's name is daniel vasquez i saw him lying on the floor i ran and hugged him i can't imagine finding your child dead in their bedroom Uh, You know, I I think that it's likely, even though they don't say it, it's likely this kid probably was a victim of the VAX. You know, Virginia, it's spook central. It's not that far from Washington, D.C. Alexandria High School student. Yep. in Northern Virginia.
2: Yep also mourning the loss of a ninth-grade student who died suddenly on Tuesday morning.
0: Now, the cause of his death is still under investigation. Northern Virginia Bureau Chief Julie Carey spoke with his heartbroken family. Many teenagers have to be coaxed into going to church, but 16-year-old Jonathan Vasquez-Bendez was there every Sunday playing his guitar in the band. Today, Jonathan's guitars stand as heartbreaking reminders in his bedroom. That's where his father found him dead Tuesday morning, right before school. I saw him lying on the floor. I ran and hugged him. The teen's parents tearfully telling our partners at T44 they have no idea how Jonathan died. Just the night before, the family had been celebrating Jonathan's mom's birthday.
4: it's tragic, you know, but I mean, it's a familiar story. Now, you know, here's the other thing. That's a possibility. If it wasn't the jab, um, perhaps he died of a drug overdose. Uh, you know, I mean, like 16 years old. That's right around the time when kids start experimenting with drugs. Maybe he had no idea what he was doing, especially if he was taking that Chinese Mexican fentanyl that is streaming across our porous southern border that the current criminal regime in Washington, D.C. refuses to do anything about. They are murdering children on a daily basis. If they're not murdering children, they're trafficking them and raping them. This is the current situation we find ourselves in. And this is one of the reasons why I am pleased to devote my life to stopping these dirty sons of bitches from continuing to destroy everything that's good about this nation. The children of this nation, they're the future. Okay? We're going to be dead and gone at some point, and they're going to have to take over for us. And if we don't stop the train that we're on right now, then those children have no future. That's it. That's it for them. Um... We already spoke about that one. Oh, Nancy Mace was also out there talking about uh the uh the current another died suddenly. Yeah, here's the thing, it might have been fentanyl, might have been the jab, but I, I, the reason I think it might be unlikely that it was fentanyl is because he was a, you know, the kid played guitar in the church. I mean, he 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 was uh clearly a person of faith. So, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I'll I'll, I'll look around uh for any updates on that. Nancy Mace She's going to be participating in that conference uh, that's going to be held on Wednesday. She said the same thing. Don't indict Hunter Biden before Wednesday because we're going to have more stuff. Well, I sure hope that uh, we're going to see. I sure hope that we're going to see an impeachment against uh, Joe Biden. All right. So this is this is another sad story about the, the way children are being treated in the United States. Um, Lisa sent this to me this morning. Um, this is a woman by the name of Sarah Fields. Sarah is uncensored. And she's talking about a case of sexual assault that took place against a, an elementary school-aged g- little girl um, in uh, Plainview, Texas. This is going to be shocking, so just get ready. In Plainview ISD, Plainview, Texas, a first-grade little girl, first grade, so what, she's six, maybe seven, was sexually assaulted by multiple boys in her classroom with the teacher in the room and it was filmed on a school iPad. Just unpack that for a moment. Multiple boys sexually assaulting a six-year-old girl while a teacher is present filming it on an iPad? If it's a school iPad, that means that video got uploaded to the school's iCloud. So anybody who had an iPad with that video on it would have been guilty of possessing child pornography. What about that little girl? What about that little girl having that video of her traumatic experience spread everywhere? Now, if you're asking, why haven't I heard about this? Because it seems like the kind of thing that would be reported. Well, the family wondered the same thing. This is why they didn't know. It's because the school made the conscious decision not to tell the family of this little girl who was raped by multiple boys in the presence of a teacher. They didn't know. The only way that they knew something was wrong is because this little girl's behavior changed dramatically. She stopped sleeping. She was always anxious. She didn't act like herself. So they started asking her questions and finally... She told them what happened. So what did they do? They went and approached the school. And when they did, the staff reluctantly revealed that they were already aware. Now, when they spoke to the superintendent, apparently he stonewalled them. His name is Superintendent Sanchez. Then they spoke with the KCBD, uh, and he stated that he did everything that was required of him. You're not required to. As an administrator, to let the parents of a rape victim know that their child was sexually assaulted? It's not your responsibility to include the police in an event such as this? Is that the fucking world we live in today? Where people just think raping a child is okay? Pardon my language, but like, I just cannot understand. The mindset of this person or this school, how could they believe that this was going to just pass on by, just blow away in the wind? I mean, everything else gets covered up, doesn't it? So if you're a student, if you're a parent in Plainview, Texas, you got to make sure that your children are safe. You need to make sure that your children and you are communicating, now, of course, the parents of this six-year-old girl. Sexually assaulted. Wait a you want to mince words? Sexually assaulting a six-year-old girl, okay? I mean, there are levels of rape, all right, but sexual assault is on par with actual penile penetration. You can be convicted of rape if you don't put your penis inside somebody. I, I feel like this is a okay. This kid was sexually assaulted, all right? So, uh, with this child, with this child, of course, her parents are not okay with this. Um, you know, and I would ask you, you know, wh- what is required to make this uh, something that uh, that these parents should know about or that the teachers should be concerned about? I mean, the effect is still the same. The child was still psychologically abused, and affected by what happened to her, regardless of how it actually happened. Anybody here in the chat ever get molested? Okay, doesn't mean that you had to get bent over a couch by your babysitter, but do you ever have somebody touch you sexually against your will inappropriately? Okay, for those of you who have, I would imagine that the word rape feels rather timely, definitely feels like what happened to you. So I, <laughs> so obviously the parents of this child very very upset. Uh, the Plainview Herald has reported that many other parents are also coming forward to show their displeasure. Thirty at least, also community members. They're not happy about it. Uh, the trauma is this is trauma at its worst, and it's a trickle down effect because it affects everyone around them. Now one of the protesters who is the victim's great aunt uh who wanted her identity kept secret for privacy reasons claimed that the school is acting like nothing happened you know i feel like this is the attitude well it, it she didn't actually uh you know have uh penile penetration so it shouldn't be any big deal well it's obviously a big deal to this girl and uh this was happening against her will so several okay it sounds to me like she was held down while people were uh So they don't even know what happened, all right? Um, They say that a six-year-old was exposed to things even adults would have a hard time overcoming. Uh, This is trauma at its worst, and it's a trickle-down effect. Now, everything was not told to us. They don't even know exactly what happened. They had to get it out of the girl. My sister was not informed, but there was a videotape of the sexual assault, And my niece is included in that video along with other students. Supposedly it happened in the classroom and the teacher should have been watching. I don't know where she was at. I don't know what happened. I'm going to share a little bit about what my niece told us because they're just trying to sweep this under the rug. We want the teacher fired. We want the principal fired. We want the administration fired. She went home and we were noticing differences in her. She wasn't sleeping well. She had bags under her eyes. She wasn't eating. So I ask you again, you know, the effect on this child you know is this something that we should just excuse i don't think so
8: yeah like it, it's no big deal to have in self the elementary school they're just saying that it was inappropriate content viewed on youtube but there's a lot more than that we have had to do a lot of things de- to find out what we do know and we're finally able to get a number for, uh, for uh, an investigator in charge of texas uh the CPA was involved. Um, everything was not told to us. Uh, my my sister was not informed. Uh, but there has been uh, a videotaping of sexual assault. Uh, my niece is included in that video, along with other students. Um, supposedly, it happened in classroom, and uh, the teacher should have been watching. I don't know where she was at. I don't know what happened. But I'm going to share a little bit about what my niece told us um, because they're trying to sweep this under the rug, act like. It's not, no big deal, but it is, and she deserves justice. We want the teacher fired. We want the principal fired. We want administration, uh, the administration Sanchez. fired, and Sanchez um, out of there, out of office. Um, she went home, and we, we were noticing a difference in, in her and her misdemeanor. You know, she wasn't sleeping well. She she was uh, had bags under her eyes. She um, wasn't eating uh like she used to eat she started peeing in in the bed again you know um just so many things um anger she was her stomach was always hurting and you know after digging and you know we were able to get the number because you know we, we demanded you know a phone number from this investigator and the principal finally gave us the number we we uh called him and he was able to share some some of what he says was on the video but he said it included my, my niece um, performing, you know, they're forcing, they were forcing her. She's just a victim and all this. They were um, all these kids I think yeah, are victims. Yeah, they are. They are. She was performing uh, an oral act.
4: They forced a six year old to perform oral sex. I think I am vindicated. That is rape.
8: And, and along with a lot of kids, you know, screaming, encouraging them, you know, shouting, oh my God. do it, do it. Um, she, she, she told us that, you know, she, they were trying to pull her underneath the table, and then she started hitting, trying to hit. She was hitting the little boy with her poetry book. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>
4: All right. I, I saw somebody in the chat say crisis actor. I feel like this is definitely not a crisis actor situation. Uh, anytime we're talking about crisis actors performing, uh, you know, doing performances for the camera like this, um, there's an element of an agenda uh, to ensure that something happens. Generally, gun control, or they want to emotionally manipulate you. How does exposing the malfeasance at this school and the group sexual assault of a six year old how does that like benefit the deep state or the people who engage in this type of behavior? I don't think that it does. And, um, you know, this is just this is horrific. This is one of the worst things I've ever heard. Sterling asked, how old were the boys? Well, if it happened in the classroom, I would assume that they were all the same age. Now, you might also be asking yourself, you know, how, how would a group of six-year-olds get the idea to do something like this? Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Maybe the other kids had been sexually assaulted themselves. Uh, Maybe they were victims of the internet porn culture that we find ourselves ensconced in. Perhaps there was material of an illicit nature in their homes, and they got the idea from there. I think it's likely that at least one of them could have been sexually assaulted by somebody else already. Anyways, I just don't see how this uh, this helps anybody. <clears throat> I don't see how this uh, uh, furthers an agenda that we would be against. Um, I think that if anything, this is <laughs> going to expose the failings of our uh, of our public school system. Certainly, this uh, administration at this. At this school, like, good God, I can't, I cannot even. All right, you guys, we, we we have to, I have to leave here in just a moment. But there was a couple of cases, uh, other ones that might, you know, get your blood boiling here. So on Sunday morning, uh, also in Texas, in Brownsville, Texas, uh, there was some psychopath in a Range Rover who plowed through a group of people. He killed eight people. Happened at 830 in the morning uh, at a shelter for illegal aliens and the homeless. Now, this vehicle drove up over the curve in front of a bus stop where there were a group of migrants who were there waiting. And this is on video. In the video, it shows this SUV running the red light and then going right through where these people are sitting. Now, it's a group of migrants. Maybe you would imagine that the mainstream media would be jumping all over that because they could say that it was a Trump supporter. Uh, They could say that uh, it's somebody who was a white supremist or something like that. Well, it's definitely not. Uh, It was a Hispanic guy. Uh, and surveillance footage showed him intentionally running them down, uh, and, uh, and they've actually released a, a picture of him as well. Oh, they took the video down here. Wow. Um, hold on. Uh, there was actually Brownsville mug shot. Okay. Well, there was another incident in Texas as well. This is the Range Rover, privileged white, seeing you like my truth, scolding beta boy. (laughs) Your tears were streaming. uh, Your tears on stream were the call to battle I needed. Nobody puts red pill in the corner. Great show, bud. Thanks, dude. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, I I don't. it's, It's like Bob is obsessed with just bitching. Okay, like, Bob, I get it. You know, you're unhappy. None of us are happy. All right. It's just that the rest of us are choosing to go ahead and do something about it. And we're not focusing on the minutiae of what you think Trump needed to do in office. Um, you know, you're wrong. That's just the way it is. You know, and I, I mean, Bob, I was kind to you for just such a long time, man. I talked you off the ledge on so many occasions. I seriously, seriously walked you back from the edge of the building. All right. Well, I'm done. I'm done with it, Bob. We're always here. We're going to keep fighting for you, for America. We're going to keep exposing these dirty sons of bitches who are taking our children, who are murdering people. Uh, Here he is. George Alvarez is his name. Definitely Hispanic. We'll be here, Bob, when you decide that you want to be part of the Patriot movement again. Because right now, that's not where you're at. So, yeah, I want to say thank you very, very much to Privilege White. (laughs) Yes, it's just wah, wah, wah with no solution. No attempts to solve. Just a bunch of spineless whining. Okay, well, you know, I don't know what to tell you. You can't always get what you want. But, you know, you got to work with what you're given. Obviously, none of this would have happened unless God had a lesson that he needed us to learn. Um, President Trump, you know, despite what people may think, I mean, he was not in control of every aspect or decision that took place during his administration. What did we learn on Saturday? This is, I've said this so many times. President Trump comes into office first time politician. He rolls into Washington, D.C. He'd only been there 17 times before that. Okay, what what does he do when he gets there? His advisors, the RNC, they hand him a list of 4,000 people. You got to fill your spots. Here's a list of people who are qualified because you're not a politician. You don't know this world. We're going to tell you who you should get in there. Okay, so there you go. Boom, bunch of deep state swamp rats, bunch of people who are just waiting to destroy you and your agenda. All right? Um, You know, this is what we need to avoid in the next iteration of President Trump's time in office. And even if you didn't like everything Trump did, because I don't think any of us liked everything that anybody does, even if you didn't like what he did, just a little bit. Name one other person. I'm going to give you a minute. Name one other person, one politician, one public figure. Who, who did more than President Trump did to help save America. You might say somebody like Julian Assange or uh, somebody else, another whistleblower. But I'm talking about someone in a position of power. President Trump did more in his four years in office despite the constant opposition of people who hated him, of the deep state criminal apparatus in Washington, D.C., run by the clowns in America to stop him. And despite all of their efforts, he was able to bring America back from the brink of destruction. Name one other person who has done that or who could do that, and I'll wait. And I'm going to be waiting a long time. I hope that everybody... Is able to get on board with the fact that hey, it's it's time to stop complaining. Okay, it's time to start taking action. I know you guys are. Um. <laughs> uh, salty says Zach. Many law enforcement agencies use programs and software that count Hispanics suspects under white under race category. The numbers are very <laughs> skewed. Wow, that's interesting. I because I it, it, you know I like I actually just had to take a survey and I had to select white non-Hispanic. How disingenuous to say that Hispanics are white. I mean, yeah, I would hazard a guess and say that the Hispanics don't identify as white. I suppose you could be like a white Spaniard because then you would be a white Hispanic. But it's different. It's real different. Um, so what else happened? Well, there was another event that took place in Texas, this time in uh, in Allen, Texas. I have an unblurred photo of this guy, Mauricio Martinez Garcia. He killed eight people, including a five-year-old child. He's a 33-year-old guy from Dallas, Texas. Um, now, we don't know if he's a legal resident of the United States, but I've seen reports suggesting that he's an MS-13 gang member. And in the unredacted image I have, you can get a better look at the tattoo that is on his hand. And I saw that being matched up with known MS-13 tattoos. So uh, this guy shows up at the Allen Premium Outlet Mall in Allen, Texas. The outlet went down, uh, got, went, it got locked down so that everybody could keep safe, um, but he still proceeded to uh, to murder a bunch of people. Now, it's interesting that, um, who was that? Salty Zero said that the uh, law enforcement agencies will count Hispanics as whites. Well, the Washington Post, in the initial wake of this uh, shooting this weekend, um they tried to claim that this uh, Texas shooter may have political narratives and neo-Nazi beliefs, but his name is uh, definitely not somebody who you would expect to be associated with neo-Nazi beliefs. Maurizio Martinez Garcia. He's got three names. They're all Hispanic. This is from the Texas State Police, and this had nothing to do with white supremacy Okay, despite what the Washington Post would like to believe, here we go. The suspect had one hand on one tattoo on his hand that is gang related, and there it is right there. You can clearly see this that is a gang tattoo, and that matches up right good right there, yeah, yeah hey, amuse good stuff so. This guy was a gang member. He was not a white supremacist. Um, But, you know, it doesn't matter, really. I mean, he killed eight people. He killed like a five-year-old kid. Um, You know, I think that what matters here is that if he's a Hispanic gang member, if he is part of MS-13, we can take that from Joe Biden all the way back to Obama, I mean the rise in MS13 happened under Barack Obama. The uh, destruction of our southern border really began in earnest under Barack Obama. All right, we're going to save all the trans stuff for tomorrow. I've got a whole bunch of stories about stuff. Um I saw something about this on Twitter Hispanic Nazis, really? Hispanic Nazis, I mean, that uh, seems like a contradiction, right? You know, I mean, I, I know that the Spanish, they, they had, like, fascism in Spain, um, and they were aligned with the Nazis and Mussolini and stuff, but totally different, Um Privileged White says crisis actor proving everything we've been saying about the LGBT infestation and sexualization of the school system was right. It's not all fake, guys. Lay off the Charlie Ward. You sound crazy. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. Let me go through the thank yous over here on the foxhole. Thank you for being here today. Leanne 63 dropped a cookie. Who cares? Says oral Friday trial next Wednesday. New evidence of voting machine errors. I can't wait to see what those are. Filter Dog One, Wednesday is coming. What will happen? Uh, Certainly, it's going to be a press conference with uh, compelling evidence about crimes committed by the Biden family, including Hunter, Joe, Jim, maybe Frank. uh, And I hope, I certainly hope. Articles of impeachment against Joseph Robinette Biden. Loop to loop. Thank you for the cookie. Cutie pie says good afternoon, red pill and fam Uh, filter dog. One says, Arizona. I can get behind that. Uh, Doug Simey. Thank you for the cookie. Elf's park says, unfortunately this has to happen to wake more normies. I absolutely agree with you. You know, I mean, I know people get frustrated, Right. But like just because you woke up early doesn't mean that we don't have to put in the time to help wake up all these other people who have just they've been brainwashed, you guys. I mean, it's not their fault. I mean, since the moment they come out of the womb, they are being inundated with propaganda and and material that's designed to push their minds in a certain direction. We can't forget that we have to be heralds, heralds of truth. Just Duckies, thank you for the can. And he said, love that Pence said a storm is coming on Wednesday. Yes, I actually, I heard that over the weekend too. Uh, NX17 says, much love, Red Pill. Filter Dog." one says, where is the exit on this lunacy? The exit on this lunacy is at the end of this tunnel uh, after we have successfully defeated the leftist, criminal apparatus being run by the cia and staffed by washington dc bureaucrats uh sean joe thank you for the cookie space cookie thank you for the cookie filter dog one thank you porpoiseful filter dog and bmw says i love you i love you too uh, Filter Dog One, <clears throat> thank you for the cookie. Phil, uh, Who Cares says last split ticket. Thank you. I knew somebody was going to tell us. Last split ticket was Adams Calhoun, 1825 to 1829. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say high five, Zach. High five, uh, who to Who Cares. Filter Dog One, thar he blows. Sean Joe, thanks for the cookie and TikToks. Good to see you, brother. He said, if this does not scream homeschool your kids, I don't know what else does. Yeah, what a tremendous red pill about keeping your children safe. Take them out of public schools. You need to ensure that your children are as safe as they can possibly be. And where else could they be more safe than in the safety and security of your own home, where you know what they're learning, where you know the values they're being taught, and you can also... Make sure that they're learning the truth. I want to thank everybody for being here. Don't forget to tune in tonight, three hours from now, on Badlands Media, myself and John Harold on baseless conspiracies. We're going to be talking about one of the coolest baseless conspiracies, in my opinion, the Challenger Astronaut Conspiracy. So be here tonight for that. Uh, thank you for everybody hanging out with us today. I'm going to release the scratch off right now. It has been released. And yeah. Um, Simply a Patriot says, Zach, only a legit president can get impeached, impeached, arrest the fraudster. Uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I still think that uh, we need to go through the motions. Uh, You know, certainly they are behaving as if he's a legitimate president, even though he's not. Maybe what's going to happen in Arizona can help unravel that just a little bit. All right, you guys. Good luck. God bless. I'll see you tonight. Otherwise, I'll see you tomorrow, 1 p.m. for Occam's Razor. Guys, don't forget to hit that like button. Hit that like button on your way out. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you have notifications turned on. All of the things. And thank you for supporting Red Pill News here on Red Pill 78. And Thank you to Mitzi. I missed this, but over on Cash App, Mitzi sent a donation. Thank you so much, Mitzi. I appreciate you.